Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hey guys, and welcome back to Ladies Who Law School Podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sam. And this week we are going to talk about a few little different topics, nothing too crazy. For starters, I got my iPad and we're just going to talk a little bit about the apps that we have on our iPad in my review. So for starters, Notability is definitely the number one app to get on there. There are a few different things that I would recommend doing and knowing. First off, play around with it. You can write and type on there. It can also transfer your notes to a PDF. That, whatever you write or type, it can transfer it to a PDF. You can also import PDFs into Notability. So that is our highest recommended app for law school stuff on the iPad. And then also I downloaded um, different like West Academic or, you know, Walter Kluwer, whatever, um, those apps where I can get my eBooks on there as well as different horn books and subscriptions. So last night I was doing a little outlining and I had on my computer with my book open and my iPad. And it was nice because I could use that for my, like the horn book or the, what's the word, like gleaning guide and still be able to type in there. So that's so nice. Also, I don't really have super good handwriting. Samantha has beautiful handwriting um, on the iPad. So I can still read my handwriting though. So it's nice. I'm happy about that. (laughs) I think practice makes perfect. I've had the iPad for a hot minute now and I've, you know, learned to do like little drawings and stuff. So I think that probably helped me. Sorry, guys. My mic just decided to fall over. If that just gives you any indication of what kind of week it's been. So I guess just like side note, this week um, I got really embarrassed in class because I was on Zoom for con law. And I mean, I did the reading. I, I, was, I had my notes on my iPad right next to me. And for some reason, I, I guess... It was like the first two paragraphs of the reading and it, they were about history. And I had, I don't think I just, I didn't pay attention to it. You know, when I was reading, I was like, let me get to the cases. Like, you know, this might not be the most important. Turns out I get cold called on those two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And of course I'm like going through it slow, like trying to get my answer out. And then my Zoom crashes in the middle of my cold called. And I was freaking out. I was like, wow, they probably thought, cause I didn't realize like I wasn't up on the screen. No, it, it wasn't person. working really well. Yeah. But I was terrified. 
I thought, wow, the teacher probably thinks I just logged off <laughs> like in the middle of my cold call. Like, wow, I'm so embarrassed. But yeah, that's just the kind of week I've had. Well, and I mean, technology has been a pain in the butt this week. I would just say, I mean, with Zoom at school and to be quite honest, like if your computer's a little bit older, it's really hard on the computer and it crashes and it kicks you out. That's another thing. You're in and out of the Zoom meeting. And, you know, at our school, we have different people who track attendance that way. And sometimes they are sassy and they're like, why are you leaving the meeting? And you're like, I'm literally here. I'm sorry. You know, it's crazy, but yeah, this week has been something technologically challenged. I mean, to be honest, guys, just FYI, if you're trying to get a new laptop, like a MacBook, go ahead and order it now because it's going to take you like two months to get it. Yeah. Because I ordered mine like a long, long time ago because my laptop's been crashing nonstop Mm -hmm. because of Zoom. And yeah, it's been a pain. Yeah. And she ordered the MacBook Pro. So... And, you know, there's always a question of like, what's the difference between the pro and the air? We record the podcast on her laptop. So it's just better. You know, they say when you go in there, like, oh, do you do any like graphic design or work on your computer? Like, actually we do. So her getting the pro took a little bit longer. So if you want that one, it's going to take a little bit. Um, I or the iPad Pro also takes a little bit. So if you're going to order that, note that. But the Airs and the iPad Airs, they still take a good two weeks once you order it. So I was kind of in that in-between of like taking notes at school on paper and then writing now, writing my iPad. So I feel like I can give that true review. And guys, it's awesome. I mean, I usually had to take binders with all my notes and my paper notes to school. And now I can just slip my iPad in my bag with all my books. And it's easy and it's all collected in the same place. It's so good for organization. I think if you are not an organized person, this is helpful. Even if you are an organized person, it's really helpful because it's just nice to like have it all clean. I'm trying to think of some, you know, some of the other pros of like notability and what I really loved about oh, it. Oh, okay. So I have one. Okay. So if you have a laptop that can download apps, I don't know much about like HPs uh-huh. and, you know, Windows. I don't know if they have notability available, but if you have a Mac, I for sure know this. You can get the Notability app on your laptop for $199, and everything that you do on Notability on your iPad will in real time show up on your computer. So like what I've been doing for class, I'll have my ebook up on my laptop and then um, my notes on my iPad because I can have them yeah. open separately. And then let's say I want to like highlight, I can highlight off my laptop too. Nice. So, and I can type notes into my... It's like the idea of Google Drive, but notes for you. Yeah. For your and personal also, self. like, yeah. let's say you have your laptop and you still want to take notes. You can type up your notes in Notability and they'll come up on your iPad. So that's it kind of, so it cool. just all, all like syncs together. Yeah, and that's needed. Yeah. It helps with organization and time. Yeah. I mean... I highly recommend it. Also, another cool thing, just talking about iPads in general, because we've gotten a lot of questions on just how to take notes, what apps to get. And I would really, really recommend getting the scanner app because you can scan a bunch of documents. You can even scan textbook pages and then read them on your iPad. And yeah, I mean, it's been really great. 
That's enough about the iPad. I know we've talked about it like a few times, but we keep on getting questions. And I know that some people, I mean, have trouble with technology and stuff. But if you guys still need more clarification and want to know like everything that's on the iPad, we can maybe do like a video of some sort. Yeah. And also, I mean, we make, um, and I've now started, um, make our own art and stuff for our for the podcast and branding type things. So we can even talk about that, but we do use it a lot for school and kind of our school and our work iPad. So yeah, we just wanted to fill you guys in. And like, like I said, since this, I had just gone in and I kind of had that in between time, I wanted to let you guys know that it's totally worth it. And I love being able to take handwritten notes where I can keep them very nice and neat and not waste paper. That's another thing. Like you're saving so much paper. Like yeah. I'm thinking back to 1L when we would print out so literally hundreds and hundreds. And I'm sure we printed thousands of yeah. papers. Yeah. No, we definitely did. Between all of us. Yeah. So, you know, save the environment. Exactly. All right. So we got a few questions and we're just going to touch on, on a few of them because the answers are going to be a little longer. So it's not really like a rapid fire Q&A this time. But the first one was, hi, when a professor gives you a hypothetical and then asks you to discuss as if you were the lawyer in the case, how do you go about answering that? I haven't been given a discussion assignment before. So what do you think, Haley? Yeah. So, excuse me. (laughs) So I was thinking about this yesterday. I was uh, talking to my parents and as we were talking about different like policies and, you know, things in the country with the election coming and changes, you know, I found myself going through like, okay, well, yeah, we could do these things or these things are really bad, but here's the other side. And, you know, basically playing devil's advocate, just constantly back and forth out loud and with my parents, you know, and basically it brought me back to when I was a kid and my mom would be like, Oh my gosh, you just love to argue, don't you? And yeah, it's true. And it's funny because it can be seen as a negative thing when you're a kid is like, Oh, you just love to argue. But as you develop and you grow to be an adult and a lawyer, you realize that that is such a valuable skill. And going back and forth on these thoughts and thinking, okay, well, I think this, and this is how I see it, but how could the other side see it? And truly like, it takes time. I really think to be able to do that and not get emotionally one connected to the situation and be able to really take yourself out and immediately see both sides. So I think that when your professor asks you, discusses if you were the lawyer in the case, he or she wants to know like, okay, you're the lawyer. What are you going to do? And basically that means, okay, tell me what your argument is and then tell me the rebuttal. As you get in legal research and writing, you're going to realize like you write your argument, but you always write the rebuttal. And sometimes that's the best part of your argument because you're already answering the questions that the other side is thinking or is going to ask and you beat them to the punch. So I think that is definitely what your professor wants you to do is play devil's advocate and go back and forth aloud with the professor and be able to kind of have that conversation. That's the key to the Socratic method too. I think the best way to approach, because like you said, I was a safe, like, oh, you argue, you should be a lawyer. But the thing is like, you need to learn to see all sides of an argument, you know? So when you're going 
let's say they give you a hypothetical and they're like, all right, give me what the prosecution would say and what like the defense would say. You always have to think about the best interests of your client. Mm -hmm. So if they say, be the prosecutor, think about your client and which is the state and like, Mm -hmm. what would they want? You know? And then you think of yourself as like, if I was the defense attorney, what would my, my client, like, I want to get them off, you know, I don't want them to go to jail. And it almost becomes just like a natural um, instinct. Yeah. Because in class, you're going to get cold called saying what, you know, what's one side and what's the other, like what's the other argument. So you're going to have to learn to kind of think in that um, always looking for the other argument before you even come up with yours half the time, you know, that, so I think, um, and that's part of the analysis. I think too, now that I'm thinking as you're talking about that, that back and forth and how I was saying about writing your rebuttal in LRW, right? Is that that is in, I think of torts with our professor, you know, and she would be like, what's the problem? What are we arguing about? Basically, that's a good answer to that question too, is like when your professor asks you to discuss this like a lawyer, you think in your head, okay, what is the issue? What are we fighting over? Because I know in 1L, like a lot of it is civil law. And so you're kind of like, what are we fighting about? You know, (laughs) like in criminal, it's very black or white almost sometimes, you know, like, okay, these things happen. We're upset because of this, but in civil law, you know, in contracts, your professor might be like, discuss this. And that's what they're wanting to see. You know, if you're the plaintiff and you're this company, what do you want from that company? And then also on the other side, and if you did something wrong, you know, how are you going to defend yourself? You know, that's another thing that they're kind of wanting you to explore and focus on what they're arguing about. I would just, yeah. Like, I think the number one thing, if anything we've said is think of all the sides. Yes. All the sides, even ones that like you may not be just like you know, plaintiff defendant, like Mm -hmm. what's the other, even other argument, third parties, Yeah, Yeah. you know, there are just so many ways, so many of these like hypos can go and you'll learn as you go through one L, like how to do these discussions. I mean, we had no idea what we were doing when we first started. We've said that a million times. So in the mindset, I think you just didn't really know how to think and you're shaping your brain. And, and I think it's interesting because going back to both of us as young women being told like, Oh, you love to argue that, we kind of put that part of ourselves away, you know, and then you get out of undergrad and you go to law school and they're like, no, no, no. They're like, bring it all. Show us, bring it all. Yeah. And you're kind of like, wait, wait, I was told not to do this, you know? And you're like, okay, now I'm going to be powerful and I'm going to be able to think this way. And it's really beneficial for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, in classes where we do get to kind of play those sides, those are my favorite types Mm -hmm. of cold calls because you really get to see, especially if you didn't think of the other argument, you know, listening to someone else, it'll train your brain to just start picking up on what the other side's going to think. You know, also when you intern, that's going to be the real life. Yeah. Just time, real life experience, getting cold called a few times, like Mm -hmm. it'll come. I promise. Yeah, for sure. So the next question we got was basically that she's heard a ton of times that law school is like high school with the drama and the rumors. And basically she asked, how do you guys stay uninvolved and focus on the work? Do you have any tips about getting tied up in it, especially when it's about COVID? Interesting. Her one L class has been dealing with an outbreak and it's a lot to deal with, she said, and trying to stay focused is really hard. 
Wow. I mean, honestly, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. About the COVID part, that's just like a totally separate entity in my mind. But the the rumors and the high school feeling is very accurate because you're with these people every single day for like eight hours and you're constantly seeing them. And now like, I think, you know, back in high school, you went home and like you were with your family or your parents and like, you couldn't invite whoever you wanted to over, but now you're an adult and you can do whatever you want and people do whatever they want and they make friends and they have relationships and things develop. And so Sometimes people don't want their business out there and it sneaks out there anyways. And yes, rumors are real, but I think also you got to be an adult. You got to remember that you got to act the age in the part. See, I would love for everyone to act their age, (laughs) but I think from our experience, luckily we've never really been ever involved in like the drama. I think we see everything kind of from the outside, you know, Um, and we consciously pretty much choose to do that we i think we've preached on here like be nice to everybody yeah you know these people are going to be your co-workers and you know yeah other lawyers in your town or wherever so you know keep it uh light you know also yeah keep it professional i think law school everyone's really vulnerable yeah um your first year and i think people latch on to each other and it's very Kind of like when you're a freshman in high school, it's like you're scared. Like it's it's a big new thing that you're doing, and it's a choice to get involved in the drama. Yeah, there is gonna. I mean, from what I've heard from other law schools, drama is at every law school. Yeah, it's not just at one or the other. It's at every single law school. I would say just stay out of it. You know, be nice to everybody. If you hear something, don't spread it. I mean, I'm sure that you would hate it if something came out about you and everyone was talking about it. Like, it's such a small community in your section. Um, Like, the legal community. Yeah, like the legal community. Like, I know people that could literally, if something, if I were to do something, like to, you know, if I was mean to somebody, it could like ruin my legal career. Yeah. And they could tell like your potential future boss or future employer, like, Oh, she was really mean to me in law school. She was this or that. Like that's not the reputation you want. So yeah, be kind, be professional. I mean, I have definitely had encounters with other students and you know, it could be considered drama, but also it's because I'm very, um, well, you don't let people walk all over you. That's, I was going to say, I don't know the word to use, but I stand up for myself and for my friends, if someone's treating them like crap and sometimes that gets me in trouble, but you know, I've learned over time to pick my battles. And I think sometimes you just realize like some people you can't, it's a conscious choice. Like Samantha said to walk away and step out of that situation. And so, yeah, you have to, you learn over time. If you are maybe someone who's a little bit of a social butterfly up to no good. Um, you're going to have to teach yourself to like take a step back. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. Also when it comes to study groups, cause I know a lot of drama can stem from those. Mm-hmm. Just be smart with who you're like forming study groups with. Like and maybe, talk. you know, I think there's a fine line between you having a study group and like you guys are all best friends and then having a study group that's just strictly a study group mm-hmm. and be smart with who you choose to do that because like for us, it works that we're all friends. We're not, you know, fighting yeah. with each other. We can be honest with each other. Yeah. We can tell each other like straight up like, okay, you know what? 
you're not really putting your foot forward. Yeah. You know, I need this from you, but like there are situations where you could be, let's say in a study group and you know, maybe not everyone's participating equally. And then that's when drama can stem too. Yeah. So just like things to think about, you know, I think being open and honest in those situations and communicating how you feel. Communication is key. Yeah. Seriously, guys, mm-hmm. communication is key, especially with the people that you want to surround yourself with because everyone's so stressed. I mean, drama is going to come up in because you're maybe not edge. in like drama, like, oh, like, but just maybe stuff. like those feelings. But, like, it is a very stressful yeah. time. Everyone is like, <laughs> you know what I'm just saying? Yeah. Everyone's like, ah, like, exactly. what do I do? And sometimes the drama is kind of like an escape of like school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not really the best at, um, giving this kind of advice, but that's what I would say. Yeah. And I do validate the the feeling of high school for sure. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes. Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. I guess for the second part of it about COVID, oh God. The, the one thing I want to say is I feel I feel you. I know that I um, would really hate if we had an outbreak, and I mm-hmm. think it would be kind of problematic depending on you know the situation. The situation. I know that um, at our school, like they make us report if we go out of town and stuff like that. And unfortunately, like we have seen people not report it, you know, and still come to school. And that's kind of, I mean, I can get where the drama would come yeah. from that. So. And Cause you're upset, but then like, you don't want to say anything. And then it's kind of this push and pull and the drama inside, you know? Yeah. I get it. Cause also like just FYI guys, like if you are going out of town, you're going back to your law school anywhere where you are, like be careful because it would really, really suck if you're the one person to like be the super spreader and like get your whole law class sick. Yeah. Even because, if it's not your intention, like yeah, it can happen. It can you happen. Know? Just be careful. Like just be conscious of the fact that whatever you do and if you're still going to school, like there's a lot of people that you could be exposing. Effect. And unfortunately, like 
like people like me, I can't afford to like get sick because I won't be able to do my work and I'm immune, you know, like I have a lower immune system and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So like I totally get why people would be upset. Which is um, scary. Rela- relating to yeah. the COVID stuff. And like in your situation, it, you're like, I'm really scared to get it. I don't want, I've been really working hard not to get this. So please don't hurt me. You know, like think about others as well as yourself. Yeah. So totally get it. Okay, guys, now a quick break and a word from our sponsors. Are you a true crime junkie? Do you love murder stories and a weirdo for real life murder mysteries just like us? Well, we have something for you. So Sword and Scale is the longest standing true crime podcast that combines 911 calls, interrogation audio to help you tell the real life story that will literally chill you to the bone. So I personally love when podcasts have little clips and sound bites really immerses you in the whole experience and just makes everything just so real. So I think that Sword and Scale does a great job of doing that. Yes. Sword and Scale is available bi-weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today and leave them a review. That's Sword and Scale, also available at swordandscale.com. Sword and Scale, proving the worst monsters are real. So our last little fun, I don't, it's like not really a question. It's kind of like a game in my mind. Should should we read it? Yeah. And then we'll let him, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. We had been DMing with one of our listeners and we were talking mm-hmm. and she suggested that we search like what's law school like or should I go to law school and reacted to some of these like grumpy, she said grumpy old lawyer yeah. um, reaction, you know, like, yeah. So we found two really funny articles. I've seen them. Haley hasn't yet. I barely looked at them though, so I could get a genuine reaction. But yeah, we're just going to read through these. I think it'll be kind of cool to maybe debunk some of this stuff because like we've said a million times, there's not a lot on the internet out there about law school and like what it's really, really like. Like We have a bunch of lawyers telling us what it's like when they went to law school, but you know, things change. So Well, and too, like, I think the reason that she said that this was so funny was because our platform, we obviously promote law school and we try to keep it as positive as possible, but there are a lot of people out there that really down it. And I've had so many people, you guys like be like, I didn't read a book or I've looked at this article and it told me not to go to law school. That's why I didn't go. So basically that's where our DMS were coming from with this listener. And she was like, you know, it'd be really funny. You guys to look this up and be like, is this true? So we want to do that. Yep. All right. So the first one is from themuse.com, and we will link these articles below. So you guys can kind of Maybe you react with us, you know? Okay, so the article is called The Verdict, Should You Go to Law School? And it said reasons to, like, reasons that you're going, and it kind of just lists them. So yeah. what's the first reason they say you should should go? Basically, the first one is I can make a lot of money as a lawyer. And it says, yeah, you can. Many law students go into to school gunning to make 160k but a lot don't which is so true if you look at a graph the lot says um yeah basically like the average is actually 70k so one of them is that law school is expensive and you might not make the money that you think you're going to make if you go to law school i thought what was interesting 
um, about this one, they mentioned something. They, they said most top firms only recruit from 15 to 20 of the most pres- prestigious schools in the country. And I mean, I, th- I don't know how true that is because I definitely think that there's schools that are not in the top 20 that are still recruiting awesome law students from other schools, mm-hmm. like big law firms. Like there's people from our school going into big firms. So, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Well, I think too, that that's like the top firms in probably like the world, you know what I'm saying? Like in New York city, those top 15 firms are like, or, you know, New York, Chicago, LA, like, I don't know. Those are probably only recruiting, but guys, there's like a bajillion other law firms. So like, it's okay. There's a law firm for everybody. If you want to be in a law firm. Yes. The second thing that it says is that a law degree is versatile, which it says that is true, which our last episode, when we talked with Kaylee, you'll know that like, you can do a lot of things with a law degree. She has intentions to do a lot of things with a law degree. So I definitely think that that's true. It did say that a con to that would be like, oh, well, if you're just going to get a JD, but not going to be a lawyer, like there's probably a graduate degree out there that would suit you better for whatever Mm. you wanted to do. And I guess that kind of makes sense, but I feel like a JD really changes the way you think. Like I think people can be really good entrepreneurs and just businessmen and women, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? Um, So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think all these are like, you know, see both sides. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait. Okay. That's so bad. (laughs) So this one, it says graduation is getting close and I don't have anything better to do. Okay. Let me talk about this one personally. So I never thought this way, like, Oh, graduation is close. Like, what am I going to do? But I can definitely tell you that I went to school with some people at UGA not going to name drop anybody, Mm -hmm. but in my classes that would be like, Hmm, like I don't have a job lined up. Like, what should I do? Oh, let me just take the LSAT real quick and like, just go to law school, like on a whim. Like I, one of the time I was sitting, um, in like a hallway before the LSAT in January, before I came to law school, like Mm -hmm. the last LSAT I took. And there was a girl who was kind of sitting near me and talking to another girl. And she's like, yeah, I mean, I signed up like last minute and like, I literally studied for one week. Like, I'm just going to see if the law school thing will work out. Oh. Cause like they don't have anything planned, but like, don't go to law school that's if that's, it's like the next step or you don't know like anything better to do. Take some time off, yeah. you know, go get a job. <laughs> think about it. It's a lot of money you're putting on the line. Um, And honestly, a lot of people get to law school and realize it's not for them. And if you do that, like you get to law school and you realize it's not for you, that's a huge waste of time. It's a huge waste of time and money. A huge waste of time. Like I'm just straight up telling you, like if I had gone to law school and decided it wasn't for me, it would have been the worst thing ever. Because number one, I moved across the country pretty much to the Midwest and yeah, I have no backup. So and you would have been in debt. Yeah, I would have nothing. been in a lot more debt than to, I ever would have been. Like, to, and you would have been in debt to not have a degree. After, That's the thing. You know? I think at that point, like, I would just stay in law school, yeah. finish it out, and be like, "Well, I'm already here. You know, gotta yeah. do it." But I don't think that's you know. That, also, that that's another thing. Just like, t- like touching on this. You know, we, like we said, we are very positive a lot of about law school. We want people to want to go. We want people to be motivated to yeah. go. But that being said, law school is not for everybody. 
okay? Like, we don't want you to think perhaps that you're being pressured to go, like, because we've been, like, hyping it up so much, but we don't want you to feel like that. Like, genuinely, like, if you don't think it's for you and, like... That's okay. You know, that's okay. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there. Because, you know, that's a thing, too. Because I think that's it's it's a scary thought for someone to just do it on a whim, to be honest. I mean, we all love Elle Woods, but, like, she's definitely the exception, not the rule. Okay, the next one says, I just love the law. Like, this is just so funny to me. It says, great. It's obviously important to enjoy what you do, but saying I love the law is pretty broad, and it's kind of like saying I love stuff. (laughs) Dude, you don't realize how deep the law can get. If you think you love the law before law school, once you get to law school, your mind's going to be blown. Straight up. Like, yeah, I mean... What you see on TV is nothing compared to what you're actually going to be doing half the time. And like what you're learning, you're not going to learn on TV. They're not talking about it. Yeah. It's just not even like if that's three, like don't go. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Literally. And then it says, do you love law and order? And then it, oh, this is hilarious. Obviously, this one's really funny. Love Law and Order. First off, how it's on every channel all the time, which I love Law and Order. And I love that it's on every channel. So wait, did you see this sentence? It goes. Okay, so about the law and order. Uh If so, then law school is probably a good choice. It's pretty much the only route to a job (laughs) as a public defender or the DA's office. (laughs) I was like, LOL. Like, okay, like, I kind of feel like personally attacked. Like, (laughs) okay. That's also true, though. If you want to do those things, like, you have to go to law school. So, like, put on your big girl pants and let's do it. Yeah. But this one's also funny because I think of John. Uh, It says, love constitutional law. And debates about American society, excuse me, American social contracts. You'll probably enjoy law school, but be forewarned that the, there's a pretty tiny job market for constitutional law scholars. And that is like 100% true, I feel like. Yeah. Like, no. I mean, I think it's just like professors. Literally. So. <laughs> Whenever at our, at our jobs and stuff, people are like, oh, con law, have fun. Like, I don't remember anything. Con law? Okay. I guess we can talk about con law. So yeah. About it. I just read a case that was like five pages long. And this stuff is dense. Like there's no like space. It's not 2.0 space. Okay? Yeah. This is like negative one space. <laughs> yeah. Like it is thick on the book. And um, it was all about two words in the constitution. The whole case it was just about the interpretation of two words. Soul, S-O-L-E, and try, T-R-Y. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like... What? Are you serious right now? We'll be right back. Are you a Caribbean American? Are you looking for a podcast that truly speaks to your culture and identity? Look no further than Carry On Friends, the ultimate destination for all things Caribbean American. Hosted by me, Carrie Ann. Dive deep into topics such as culture, heritage, and everyday life through the unique lens of the Caribbean American experience. You'll walk away feeling more connected to your roots. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American experience. Your Caribbean American community awaits. Yeah, so yeah. I think if you like those things, that's a good sign that you're doing something right. And that, yeah, maybe you do love the law, but 
you know, you're also going to have to develop and learn some things that maybe you don't love when you're in law school. So keep that in mind. And last but simply not least is I'll get to make a difference, which I think is funny because I know that's one of the reasons I came to law school. But I think that's the best reason to come to law school. For sure. And two, like lawyers definitely have the stereotype of being out for themselves. I kind of equate them to like car salesmen, you know, like or maybe even like a mechanic um, or your diamond like seller, because these are things that you have no idea about, but you really need to trust somebody. And once you find someone that works with you and you really trust, you don't want them to go anywhere. And that's kind of this way because the law is so vast and so confusing that you need someone that you trust to help you interpret it. So we had one more article, kind of like the same gist of it, like with the the headings, you know, that we kind of just read. Um, and this one's pretty short too, so it won't, it won't take much of your time, but I thought this one was, it was pretty good because I have some thoughts on this one. Okay. Okay. So this one's called, it's by nationaljurist.com in the pre-law section. Mm-hmm. It's called be prepared. Law school doesn't even resemble your college experience. And the first one said grades in law school, when L grades matter the most. And basically in the whole blurb, it talks about how 1L grades like determine your future, da-da-da-da-da, like how it's like the most important that you better be making all A's or you're going to not like make it. And that's the thing. 1L grades matter if you are trying to get the top jobs, okay? You mm-hmm. can get a job with average grades after yeah. your 1L year. Also, there's a lot of people that don't do well their 1L year and then kill it their second and third year. Yeah. So there's always opportunity for growth, you know, seriously. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're aiming for those like big law, like top firm jobs, like, yeah, you're going to have to bust your butt and like, you know, you're going to have to try, but also like, you don't have to and like know that there's opportunities if you don't do that. Okay. Yes. Like there are plenty. I know people that are at fur all types of firms and are not in like the top 10%. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's just like at a very average school. Okay. So like if you're at a t- better school, like a top school and you're making average grades, like you're going to be fine. Yeah. And I think that this is definitely like not true. You know, like you're saying. But also, it says something about law school is not a three-year marathon. It's a one-year sprint. And, like, I firmly disagree yeah. with that. I, I just thought that was crazy. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the stuff we react to because it's just, they're only talking about a very small percentage, percentage of law students. Yeah, and imagine being, like, in undergrad, searching this and then reading this, and you're thinking, the only way I'm going to survive and get a job is if I get all good grades and, like, all this stuff. And then you start to doubt yourself. Like, no wonder no, people don't want to go. I was one of those people, and, like, that's one of the reasons, like, I wanted to start the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. you look this stuff up, and, like, if this is the first thing you're mm-hmm. reading, in like you said, in undergrad, and, like, I'm not encouraged because I know that I'm not necessarily the student that's going to be making straight A's never have been, but yeah. And like, they tell me it's even harder in law school. Yeah. They're like, Oh, you made straight A's in college. Have fun with the C's, you know? And you're like, I didn't even make straight A's. What am I going to do? Yeah. And that's not true guys. So please don't, you know, listen to that. (laughs) The next one says law school teaching and testing methods are nothing like undergrad. I, that is true. It's just like we said earlier in this episode about the thought process and thinking is like very different. 
but that shouldn't deter you. Like, yeah, change and differences can be scary, but you're going to be okay and you're going to adapt to the way that the teaching and everything goes on. So don't let that deter you. Yeah. And like we said, like cold calls, like some some of you may have done those in undergrad, but I really didn't. And they suck, but they're not the worst thing ever. And I honestly do feel like now that we are in 2L and we get cold called, I genuinely think it helps. Yeah. So Also on here, it says that you don't, <laughs> on exams, you don't earn any points for knowing the law. And that's really interesting because that's partly true. I mean, you learn, you get the most points in your analysis. And kind of like we were talking about the first question about discussing and thinking like a lawyer that's where you get all your points and exams. And that's the analysis, um, that we were talking about. So, you know, if you're 1L or pre-law student, whenever you get into the thick of it, you'll hear that and make sure that you're focusing on that in your studies. So the last one is grading in law school is entirely different from undergrad. And it says in law school, you're graded on a straight curve. Yep. Do you have any thoughts on the curve? Really? <laughs> I mean, I think that it's, it's can be really like messed up. Um, your school makes the curve the way they want it. I don't think it represents truly like who you are and, you know, how actually smart or how much you actually know the law. So just keep that in mind. Like, yeah, you're graded on a strict curve and only so many people can get A's. So that's the problem here. You know, you're not all going to get A's and like, you're going to have to be okay with that. And just in case you don't know what the curve is, they had a pretty good like little explanation with it. And I guess we can just end on that because the curve is pretty important, you know? Yeah. So it says, um, in law school, you will not be graded on what a professor feels was an A effort. Mm -hmm. Instead, your professors must award A's only to those students who demonstrate a complete mastery of the material when compared to the rest of their classmates. It's for that very reason that many smart and capable students receive the first C's of their academic careers during the 1L year. So basically, with the curve, only a handful, like they said, only a handful of people can get the A's. Like they have a set number, I'm sure. And it's like really hard to do that. Like it's when I'm saying a handful, like I'm being like so literal, like a handful. And I mean, every school's different. They have their curves at different points. That's another topic, conspiracy debate that we can have another time Mm because I'll get way too fired up about it. But so let's say the curve is at a 3.0. So half the class is going to be over a 3.0 and half the class is going to be under a 3.0. Your school may have a different curve, you know, your school may have a 2.7 curve and then everyone above, you know, everyone's going to have half of people are going to have above a 2.7, half are going to be below. So that's just kind of putting into perspective. Like most people are going to fall within that middle range. Mm -hmm. If you look at the actual curve, you know, like a small amount of people are going to fail, but they have to small amount of people are going to be at the top. And then most people are going to be in the middle. Yeah. So that's how that works. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we definitely did. It was fun and lighthearted. And we've been having some crazy working our butt off nights these past few weeks. We've been in school a month now. And, you know, it's nice just for us to be able to talk and laugh and do some lighthearted things. So we hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Also, when this uh, episode comes out, it's my birthday. Ooh. So I'm officially 23 years old now. I know that's pretty young. And like, if you think about it, like I'm already at 2L. I didn't skip any grades or anything. I just Uh started really early. 
But um, oh, guys, we have uh, the pink ladies who law school crew necks are finally back in stock for all you people that have messaged us. You know who you are. They mm-hmm. are posted. And sometimes if you DM us, we might send you a discount code. So that's something to think about. Um, so yeah, buy some merch, like us on Facebook, join our Facebook group. We have like over 300 members now. I yeah. just checked and I was like... And lots of good conversations going on in yeah. there. So don't be afraid to reach out to anyone or ask any questions. Yes. And also, thank you so much for the support on our last few episodes. Um, we've gotten really good feedback. And honestly, it just makes us want to work harder and bring out better content for you guys. And we actually have a lot of guests lined up for the next few months. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. And stay tuned guys. Um, we're really excited, like she said, to have these guests on and fill you guys with knowledge about law all over the world. Yes. All right, guys be safe. Bye. Bye.